so we are starting a, a new series. It's three weeks because our fourth week in, in uh, the month of November is the first Sunday of Advent. We are almost there, friends. And so um, I, uh, I'm excited to start this series. This has been on my heart for a while. And where this series came from is from our uh, reading through the Bible in a year plan. And so I always, I always find that and this was months and months ago, and we were reading through uh, the the earlier part of the Old Testament. We're a little bit almost, we're almost finished, aren't we, Pastor Aaron? Uh, so we were reading through the Old, and I just, there was just some things and some themes about blessing that kept coming up over and over again, and I was like, how can we talk about this in a, in a current context? So, um, so we are going to start this series that I'm calling now Choose Blessing. When I was growing up, my mom used to say to me, <laughs> you guys know my mom, a lot of you do, she would say, life is hard and then you die, all the time. So inspirational, like so <laughs> inspirational. She won't even deny. I told her I was going to say that. She's like, yeah, that's true. That's just, that's what I said. And um, if you heard Pastor Dell speak a few weeks ago, my dad, Pastor Dad, this is the same woman he was talking about who he was saying marvels at the extraordinary blessings of God in her life. Both things. She says both things. And so what gives, what gives in that scenario? What is the deal with my mom? I mean, we could talk about that for a while. Uh, can you really believe that life is hard and then you die? Which was her version of is. I shouldn't say it was. I think I've heard her say it recently. Uh, she was basically her way of like suck it up princess. Like that was how she said that to us. Um, can you believe that life is hard and then you die and also believe that your life is filled with blessings? Does this woman just have wild mood swings? Well, I mean, I mean, do you know what's, a, I don't know if you've ever, I shouldn't say any more stories about that. She always sings this song, and then she's, and if you know her, she's totally not crazy, but she always sings, like, all the time. I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. And she sings it all the time. <laughs> it's, it's true. You probably heard her. If you've been around her any length of time, she does. So maybe, I don't know. I originally named this series Hashtag Blessed, Hashtag Blessed Life, and I did it to be a wee bit intentionally cheeky because I see that hashtag on my socials all the time, and it's always associated with getting something for free or getting something like uh, perfect or having like a perfect family moment or honestly, it's honestly sometimes just associated with getting a new throw pillow that just happens to say hashtag blessed on it. And I had Caitlin make this one for me. Thanks, Caitlin. She did it on her cricket. Thank you, Caitlin. You just, Caitlin, can you make me an ironic pillow, please? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, and I will say, so I, I did name the series that kind of to be a bit cheeky and I did change it to choose blessing because I'm going to, it tips my hand to where we're going in this series, but as usual, my mom, who is not in fact crazy, was steering me in the right direction because both can be true. The difficulties of life are inevitable. We live in a broken world. We all need to be healed by Jesus. That's just true. But what I've learned in scripture is that you can actually choose blessings. That's a better pillow. If you guys want this, Caitlin's uh, selling them for $74 a piece. Does that sound right? <laughs> She's like, I am not making any more pillows. So thank you very much. You can actually choose blessing. 
So over the next few weeks, I want to talk about what, uh, what that means, what I mean by that. So let's start uh, in the Word, of course, Deuteronomy chapter 28. You can turn there with me. If you go to YouVersion uh, Bible app and you go to More and Events, it's already loaded there for you. It'll be on the screen. And, of course, there's some Bibles in the seats in front of you, too. We want you to follow along as best you can here. Going to read a, a good chunk of scripture because I really want you to see what's going on here. Um, and we're going to tie it into the New Testament and see what it means for us as New Testament believers. But this Old Testament principle, I really do believe, stands. Let's read uh, Deuteronomy 28. We're going to start right in verse 1. It says this. If you, this is Moses talking to the people of Israel. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that your enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. Then all of the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left. Follow the other gods or in serving them. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. You'll be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed, the crops of your land and calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. You'll be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. Turn over to chapter 30. As this continues on, that, that, that whole section continues on. You can see that. We're just going to skip over to chapter 30, uh, verse 11. It says, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in the heavens so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Verse 19. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you and have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, 
Isaac, and Jacob. Isn't that great? Now choose life. If you're in an analog Bible, I just have that. This is an analog Bible, by the way, in case you're wondering as opposed to the digital one that most of you are probably looking at. I just have this like circled and boxed in in my Bible. And I have for a long time. Choose life for the Lord is your life. Hashtag blessed. That's the hashtag blessed right there. There are some promises of God that will be what they will be. God sent his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He promised he would do it. He did it. Nothing that we said or did mattered. That was going to happen. It was promised and it happened. Nothing humanity did could change it. Jesus will return. He's promised it. He will do it. We will be judged according to what we've done. He will make all things new. He's promised these things. We know he will fulfill these promises. Nothing we can do on this earth will change that. But much more often, the promises of God are phrased as an if-then. We, ch- we have a choice in the matter. If we do these things, then these things are promised. But if we do these things, then these things are promised. It's all over the scriptures. When you read it from that lens, you see it. And that's that Deuteronomy passage in a nutshell. The con- it says this, the conclusion of the matter is this, now choose life, For the Lord is your life. You get to choose life. When it's all laid out, of course, when you read it like that, like we did in Deuteronomy, it's pretty clear what choice you want to make. I choose to be blessed in the city. I choose to be blessed in the country. I'd like to choose to be blessed in the field. I want to choose all of the blessings. And why wouldn't you want to choose those things? But you might be saying to me, yes, Tracy, I hear you. What a beautiful passage of scripture from Deuteronomy 28. Thank you so much for reading it for us this morning. You're very welcome. But let's also, but, but what, about, what about, that's the old covenant. What about the new covenant? Oh, I just love you guys ask such great questions. Thank you so much. If you're new, you're like, she's super weird. It's okay. You'll just like, just come along with me. Just come along with me. You know, we're living under the new covenant. We're living under grace. So how does this apply? Is this still true? It is so very true The if-then still applies. You still get to choose life if you want. These biblical principles are still in action. Uh, There's lots of examples. I pulled one out of Colossians because I have a deep love for the book of Colossians. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, 1 to 6 says this. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, sound familiar? When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. So this is the life you are given in Christ. And to take hold of it, there are things that have to be put to death. Otherwise, you're choosing judgment. So Christ, who is your life, is coming. Christ, who is, who's, who's like your life is hidden with his, is coming. And you get to choose to put aside things. Or you can choose, uh, and you can choose life. Or you can choose to live in those things and choose to live under judgment. It's your choice. Okay, sure, but that's fine. That's what Paul said to the church in Colossae. But what does Jesus say about it? Again, it's such a good question. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus said a lot of tough things, actually, about the decision to follow him. And he also said to us how worth it it would be. 
how worth it would be for this life and the life to come. In Matthew chapter 16, it says then, 24 to 27, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So there are choices to be made. And ultimately, we choose life or death. Here Jesus is saying, if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. But if you try to hold on to it, you try to do it your own way, you will lose it. There are choices to be made. We save our life by losing it and trusting in Jesus. We lose our lives by trying to save ourselves. And, of course, the end here, by the way, we will be rewarded for what we have done one way or the other. So, according to my mom, life is hard and then you die. And you can choose to have a blessed life. So let's forget about what Instagram says and let's find out what blessing really is. Not just hashtag bless, but real blessing. The kind of blessing that really actually matters in your life. As nice as it is to get a good parking spot or whatever else you're hashtag blessed about on your IG feed. Did I ever find some great definitions of blessing uh, when I was studying? There's so much information about blessing. It's a really worthwhile study if, if you are looking for one. Uh, blessing is the authoritative pronouncement of God's favor. It's the concept, uh, the concept of blessing is related to a situation that people enjoy as a result of God's gracious, kind, and generous action on their behalf. It's an understanding that favorable or beneficial circumstances have their source in God, both now and for the future. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says about Adam and Eve, and the Lord blessed them. That was the first thing, the first people, the first humans created, and the Lord blessed them. So we understand right from the first chapter of Genesis that blessing, being under the blessing of God, is the normal state of people before God. That's how we were intended to be living. That is how we were created. In the Old Testament, God is portrayed as a God of blessing for his people. He's portrayed as a God who's waiting to pour out benefits on his people. And it means that, that they'll have God's approval and his goodwill directed towards them, that the blessings are from his covenant or his promises that he's given to them. Blessing can also mean, especially in the Old Testament, to declare happy. <laughs> Just declare happy. Uh, it can mean to be pleased with or to give light to or to be gracious and generous or to have favor. I mean, yes, please, right? In the New Testament, um, it's, the New Testament words in the Greek are rooted in what the, the Hebrew Old Testament words were. But in the New Testament, there is a bit of a shift that you'll notice as you're reading through. The emphasis on blessing is more on the spiritual, on being favored by God in a spiritual sense more than the material. Though we obviously know that he does have material blessings for us too, like those favorable circumstances in our lives. But the concept is the same either way. 
Whether we're talking uh, more and how we read in Deuteronomy 28 about being blessed in the city and blessed in the field, or we're talking about the spiritual blessings in the New Testament, the concept here is the same. God's, it's God's gracious and kind and generous action on our behalf. Mary was said to be blessed in Luke 1.42. She says that people will call her blessed in verse 48 of Luke 1 because she was going to be seen as someone who had been given great favor by God. James 5.11, he says, speaking of spiritual blessings, here's one for you. He says, as you know, we count as blessed those who have all the things they want. That's not what it says. It says, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And then Ephesians 1, uh, verse 3, and then following. I won't read the whole passage at this point. I might read it later on. But uh, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. This is blessing. The New Testament writers definitely use that Old Testament concept of blessing. And they go to great lengths to show the many ways that Jesus himself ushers in the kingdom of God. Along with the blessings that come with the kingdom of God. The grace and the peace associated with the kingdom of God. The blessing of Abraham from Genesis 12 is said to be realized in Christ. Galatians 3.14 says that. Uh, when Jesus rides triumphantly into Jerusalem, the crowd shouts, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Somehow we always like to say blessed. I don't know why. It's actually like we don't say that in like real English. But anyway, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Believers in Christ experience the blessing of salvation in this life. And we know we have it, uh, that for eternity. In Matthew 5, Jesus preaches about the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed is the peacemaker. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Right? In Revelation 19.9, it says, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. In fact, the, the biblical story of salvation after the fall, after um, Adam and Eve rebelled against God's directives, the whole biblical story is, is a story of the restoration of the blessing of God that he gave to Adam and Eve and will be fully realized when Christ returns. And so what do we do, church, in a world full of grief and stress and anxiety and heartache? What do we do with the reality of sin and sickness and evil, both in the world and also the stuff that we find in our own hearts? What do we do with all of this? What I read in Scripture is that we, even in this broken, fallen world, we can choose life and we can choose blessing. The formula for a life that's characterized um, by the biblical definition of blessing, that pronouncement of God's favor, God's graciousness, his kindness, his generous action on our behalf, that, that, that formula hasn't changed since the Garden of Eden. If you choose God's way, you choose blessing. If you choose your own way, you choose to live under the curse that, by the way, has been broken by Jesus. 
In Deuteronomy, we hear, all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, keep my commands. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home in them. Church, talk about a blessing. To know the, the presence of God making his home in you by following his way. This is what Jesus himself said. Jesus, of course, also said, In in Matthew 28, we call this passage the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And doing what? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There is is a directive and a blessing in, in following the way, the commands of Christ. And then he says, and here's the promise that comes from that. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In the Old Testament, uh, the call was obedience to the law. That's what we were reading in Deuteronomy. In the New Testament, it's obedience to the commands of Christ and then teaching others to do the same as we disciple, are discipled and disciple others. In the Old Testament, the blessing was promised in the city, in the field, when they came and when they went. In the New Testament, the blessing is promised um, as the presence of Jesus always with us, his home in us. What a blessing. And so quite simply, when you obey the commands of Christ, just like in the Old Testament when they were called to obey the law, you choose blessing. That's the real hashtag blessed life. So obedience to what Jesus taught and is, is, uh, is how I live with God's favor and blessing in my life? Yes, indeed. I'm so glad you're tracking with me this morning. Thank you for being here with me. Uh, how does the one equal the other? Maybe you're not quite sure yet. Let me tell you what I found about this principle in my own life and why I even landed in this um, when I, cause I was reading these passages earlier in the year. I don't know how long ago we were in Deuteronomy. It was months ago. Let me tell you what I found, how I found this to be true in my own life. Here are some principles. First of all, my way seems like a good idea, but Jesus' way is actually a good idea. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't think of myself as a particularly egotistical person, but I got to tell you, I think I have a lot of good ideas. I tell Jesus a lot about, like, I have an idea of how you could fix this thing, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> And when I do it my way, I feel like this is such a good idea. Like this makes really good sense. And God needs to just come alongside here and bless me. But Jesus' way is actually a good idea. When I do it my way, it comes from something like I have the right to. Or I am fully justified in saying or feeling or doing whatever. And you might be. Sure I am. But Jesus said to forgive unconditionally. He said to turn the other cheek. My way makes me right. His way makes me free. Another principle I found in my life is that obedience communicates trust. Trusting Jesus means that I have died to myself and taken up my cross and I'm following him. The truth is, I don't always understand why Jesus asks us to do what he asks us. Either 
by direct uh, command in scripture or more often than not, it, it's that, that prompting in your spirit like you think you're supposed to do a thing or not do a thing or say a thing or not say a thing. You're supposed to step out in faith in some way or maybe, maybe wait when you're not prepared to wait. I don't always understand the timing and the, the leading of God. I really don't. Sometimes I, I do, sometimes I don't. But I gotta tell you, Sometimes I do understand what he's asking me, and I just don't like it. Sometimes I understand perfectly what he's asking me to do, and I just don't want to. But I've come to the conclusion, and like, like, please hear me, friends. I don't do this perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, but I know this principle in my life because I've been serving Jesus a long time, that he is either the Lord of my life or he's not. If I trust him with my eternity, which I say I do because I believe in him and I've come to him for forgiveness of sins, and I say I trust you, Jesus, for my eternity. I trust you that after I pass from this earth that I will be present with you and I will spend eternity with you, and there are rewards in that, and I totally trust you, Jesus, that that's going to be the case. I cannot see a reason why I can't trust him with my Tuesday. Do you know what I mean? Or my health, or my relationships, or my finances, or anything else. So grabbing onto that perspective, I remember that obedience to what he has said communicates trust, communicates that I, I'm not just giving lip service to the fact that I trust you with my eternity, because if that's really true, then I also trust you with my Tuesday. And another principle I've found is that in a world of people doing it their own way, and we, we are, we are just living in a world, that's our human nature, that's our sinful nature. In a world of people doing it their own way, Jesus' way, is stunningly beautiful. Like it is stunningly beautiful. Imagine a, a life, imagine your life where you did everything Jesus' way. Can you even imagine what your life would look like? Think about a world where that was true. Think about a church where that was true, where we just always did everything that Jesus commanded. And we're not going to be able to because we're so imperfect and we're growing and we're learning. But can you imagine what that would look like? Because in a world of people doing whatever they want, Jesus' way is just so stunningly beautiful. I, I was trying to think how I could illustrate this to you. And I'm actually just going to do it like this. I just brought one of Pastor Dell's courses. Oh, this is a sticky note. It says, reminder to bring the chair and pillow. Did it. Nailed it, remembered. Okay, thank you. Pastor Dell wrote a course called The Commands of Christ. Why? Because uh, he wrote another course, and I think it was its first steps. And at the end of, of first steps, it says, uh, teaches about Matthew 28 and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And then, and then the person was taking it and said, okay, I'm, I'm in. What did Jesus command? So he's like, I need to write a course about that. So there is one. There's 48 lessons, 48 commands of Christ that he pulled out of the New Testament and, uh, and that, that for us to follow. And I just thought, there is just no better way to explain to you what a life following the commands of Christ would be like unless I read to you from the commands of Christ. Think about a world where your life and the, this church and the world around you just followed the commands of Christ. G-Day's like, you are off camera. Sorry, off campus. I love you. G-Day's fixing it. Sorry. I, don't, I told him that I was going to have a chair here. I didn't think I told you I was going to sit in it. Sorry. Here's the commands of Christ pulled out of the New Testament. Repent. Rejoice and be glad when persecuted for Christ. Let your light shine for God through good works. Honor God's law by being righteous. Be reconciled to your brother before you worship. Settle legal matters quickly. 
Do not commit adultery even in your heart. Let your word be your bond. Respond to evil with grace. Love your enemies. Practice spiritual disciplines without hypocrisy. Store up treasures in heaven by serving God and not money. Seek God first in everything and don't worry about anything. Don't be hypocritically judgmental. Manage wisely what God has given you. Pursue God relentlessly. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Choose the narrow gate and the road of Christ. Recognize and watch out for false prophets. Ask God to send out kingdom harvest workers. Take your weariness and burdens to Jesus and find rest. Help others believe, help other believers deal with their sin. Forgive others continually. Pay your taxes honorably and give God his due. Love God completely. Love your neighbor as yourself. Watch and be ready for Jesus' return from heaven. Go and make disciples everywhere. Be personally salty. You're going to have to read that one on your own. And be at peace with each other. It's there in the word, I promise. Honor and protect marriage. Encourage and help children to meet Jesus. Have faith in God for anything. Give generously and receive abundantly. Hear God's word and retain it and grow spiritually by it. Be full of light, not darkness. Fear God, not people. Don't be greedy. Be generous to God. Practice humility. Invite the poor and physically challenged to socials. Be a dutiful servant of God. Be born again. Worship God in spirit and in truth. Love one another as Christ's disciples. Do not be troubled or afraid for the present or the future. Remain in Christ's love and have joy by obeying his commands. Bear spiritual fruit. Partake of communion in remembrance of Christ. Pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church regarding the last days. Can you imagine a world? Can you imagine what your life would look like by working daily to obey the commands of Christ? This, friends, is how we choose blessing. Because my way seems like a good idea, but Jesus' way is stunningly beautiful in contrast to what the world would say. You can literally set your life up to be sitting under the favor of God Almighty by following his way. You can choose to be blessed. I hope you get a great parking spot or like a reservation at your restaurant or like a new throw pillow or whatever. I hope those things are true for your life. But in, re, in, in every way that matters, you can literally choose to live under the blessing of God by doing it his way. This day I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your God.